We made it, everybody. It's week zero, and we've got a full preview, plus our 2023 darlings. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Welcome in, everybody. The end of talking season is here. The beginning of actual football season is upon us here on the Three Technique, a college football podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's. I'm Mitch Mason, joined by Trey Reeves, Garrett Turney, fellas. Oh, my goodness, we made it. Uh, I know this is only <laughs> the second full year that we've been doing this podcast, but holy cow, talking season lasted a lifetime here uh in in 2023 it felt like the summer specifically just would not end uh but it it finally has and we're to week zero Uh, we don't have to speculate on conference realignment for once it's it's just a breath of fresh air well i I don't know if you saw the news today we might we might have to speculate (laughs) on that some more but listen listen the acc can do whatever they want i'm sure we will talk about that in due time uh there are rumors swirling around but listen this is what the 82nd time smu's tried to join another conference so till they actually do i'm probably not going to believe it but uh welcome everybody week zero we're here to talk about real live football games oh yeah listen trey your your banner uh, I think, you know, sums it up. All, all football is, is good football, right? Um, listen, you, you wouldn't pick this this week out of a lineup, uh, certainly not compared to the first two or three weeks of the regular season, but it does signal the actual beginning of the football season, the, the, the heralding of fall in some places in the country, not here because it's 108, but uh, better times are, are ahead of us, and uh, I certainly could not be more excited. Yeah, and it's the appetizer, right? We're, we're waiting for the main course. The main course is coming, and we've ordered the main course, and it looks fantastic on paper, but not all appetizers are created equal. I feel like last year our appetizer was maybe the wings or the mozzarella sticks or the, the fried pickles if you're down here in the south, and I don't know. This year it's maybe like a spinach dip. I don't know. I, I like a good spinach dip. It's, not, it's, it's good, right? But it's not going to be my appetizer of choice, but – Hey, Some when I'm really hungry. Yeah, when I'm really hungry. It hits the spot, and that's exactly what this week's Sierra slate is going to do this weekend. Yeah, it's it's hummus and, and pita bread, right? I mean, like yeah, it's yeah, something yeah, to get, it's it's something to get you by. Um, Garrett, you know we we spent so many weeks pontificating about this season. And, you know, look, in the next episode, in the the Week Zero recap, we're going to unveil our playoff predictions. We're going to really set the stage for the the true beginning of the season. But what does does Week Zero mean for you? Do you get excited about it, or is it truly just kind of like the the welcome mat before you enter the house? I mean, it is the welcome mat, but, I mean, at the same time, you get to watch actual football. Like, that's the point. We get to watch actual football. We're not – 
talking about this other stuff. And it really does end the offseason, right? People can start talking about their playoff predictions. They can talk about their top 25s. They can talk about who's going to win the Heisman. But we don't talk about that in the offseason. We talk about all the other stupid stuff and the Pac-12 days of our lives and everything else that we ended up doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm just pretty excited that we're finally back at this point and we can, you know, start to start to talk about the stuff that we actually care about, start to talk about the stuff that matters and, and get to the actual stuff on the field, you know, get back in front of a TV with your friends, with your family, and, and do the football that we like to do. Hey, un- unlike days of our lives, I think the Pac-12 is actually going to end. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to talk about that right now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Week Zero preview. We've also got our 2023 Darlings coming up. Each of us picked two teams uh, that we're really, really high on. Feel like the over/unders um, in Vegas are you know, too low on them, or we're betting that these teams will will go over those. Right. So we'll get to that here at the end of the episode. Uh, before we do, a couple of housekeeping items. One, continue following us on our social media. We actually just passed 300 followers over on Twitter or X or whatever you decide to call it nowadays, uh, but we're really excited about that. It's It's been a ton of fun to see our community grow quite a bit over this offseason. We had a ton of momentum coming out of year one. That continued right through the offseason, and, and a big shout-out to those of you who listened every single week and watched our YouTube content, joined in the discussion um, it is uh, a full head of steam that we're bringing into year two, and it's because of listeners and viewers like you. Also, uh, head on over to that YouTube channel, at 3 Pod on YouTube, where you can find our new Ledger segment. We've decided to make that a YouTube exclusive this year. So if you were with us for season one, it was kind of an in-podcast in element. It was typically at the back end of our previews. We've decided to, to split that out so it gets the time that it truly deserves, and we've tweaked the formatting. So if you're curious about that, Trey is the Don this year. He's running the ledger. Uh, you can head on over to YouTube, watch what we've got going for week zero. Also head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Find yourself some of the best-looking shirts, bomber jackets, hats out there on the market. If you're into vintage college apparel, uh, if you're into comfy t-shirts, you are going to love this. They just dropped bomber jackets for Florida State and Virginia Tech the day that we're recording this. I think Baylor and TCU might be a day prior. And listen, it's 108 down here in the south. I would still wear one of these bomber jackets. They look <laughs> awesome. Uh, code 3TechPod gets you 15% off your first-time order. So head on over to Homefield Apparel. Check them out. Um Garrett, I'm not sure. Are you wearing your Baylor shirt right now? I'm wearing my Take Me to Happy oh, Bath. Yeah. For yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. We're, we're repping the home field. We, we um, like a grumpy bear, okay? Look at that grumpy guy. Come on. It is it is sharp. Um, Gentlemen, we're, we're a couple minutes into this, and I think everyone is just clawing. The Clydesdales are, are clawing at the gate. They, they want out. They want to break free, get some air in their lungs. Let's go to the Week Zero preview, shall we? And we will start – with America's greatest export, the triple option. It is going to Dublin to take on Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The number 13 Irish play Navy at 1.30 p.m. Central on NBC. Uh, Notre Dame is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. So, you know, guys, I'll kick it. Uh, I guess I'll kick it to you first. I don't know that the result of this game is necessarily in doubt, but then again... Was the result really supposed to be in doubt last year when Northwestern upset Nebraska? I mean, we talked about that in this very Week Zero episode going, there's no way that upset happens, right? And sure enough, it did. 
Yeah, I mean, weird things happen in Ireland, right? We, we get these weird situations, you know, jet lag could be affecting a team or uh, just a weird practice or a weird breakfast at the hotel. There's just so many variables that get injected when you're playing literally overseas um, in your first game of the year. So just variables on variables on variables. I don't personally think that Notre Dame is on upset alert. Obviously, we could change that by the second quarter of this game, but I think the line, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, the line on that uh, Nebraska-Northwestern game last year I think was somewhere in the 10.5 range. I don't think it was. Two scores, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it was as wide as 20.5. So, look, this this is going to be really interesting for Notre Dame. Like you said, I don't know that the outcome is necessarily in doubt. Obviously, this is a quote-unquote rivalry game that gets played every year, but one that Notre Dame typically does pretty well in. And I don't know. I, th- I think if you're a Notre Dame fan, you're just kind of looking to you know cross your T's and dot your I's in this one, right? You're looking, is Sam Hartman comfortable in the new offense that he's running? Is the defense still running you know up to the speed that they're accustomed to? Are they up to the standard that they're accustomed to? Are, you know, are, are, is there someone that's going to b- break out as a possible deep threat or a possible electric playmaker from the skill position uh, side of things? So that's what I'm looking for if I was a Notre Dame fan. And, you know, also I'm looking for an entertaining football game. Like I said, uh, teasing my ledger pick, I do have no uh, Navy covering the spread. I think they'll keep it within the three scores. And largely I'm in on that because of this kind of new look offense that Navy's going to run. Obviously it's not going to be an air raid, but they are implementing more downfield passing. They do want to pass the ball more this year. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what that looks like. I don't envy them trying to install that against Notre Dame's defense, but I I'm really excited to see what it looks like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and I think when you look at this game, my, my big concern for Navy is you're trying to install this offense against what should be a very good Notre Dame defense. There's a few question marks on the defensive line, but not that many. It's it's more just who's going to step up and be the big playmaker. But on the back end, it's, it's extremely good. It's extremely talented in the linebacking core, very good DBs. And so if you're going to have the season you think you're going to have if you're Notre Dame, you really have to be hoping that this is a, essentially a glorified scrimmage, right? That you're you're going out there, you're taking care of business, you're shutting things down on the defense side of the ball, and you're letting your new fancy quarterback, Sam Hartman, you're letting him kind of break in and, and put up some numbers, put yourself on the early, you know, let's react and call this guy a Heisman front runner list because he had such a good game against Navy, right? You want to you want the overreactions, right? There's some question marks on the offensive side of the ball. Who's going to step up at tight end? You know, is is the converted running back wide receiver going to end up being any good? And and that role, who's going to run the ball? Who's going to be effective with that? But I think you have to be able to put up big points here, and you have to win this one comfortably. I picked them to do so in the ledger, right? I picked them to win this one, cover that 20 and a half. And I think they're going to have to do that if you're going to have the season that you want to have, right? You you can't come out that flat if you're Notre Dame. I'm, I'm really curious to see 
how the offense for Notre Dame gets through their paces, right? Because Notre Dame, by all accounts, should have a very solid rushing attack. Sam Hartman's obviously coming in, and, and he's going to be the best quarterback that, that Notre Dame has had since when? Brady Brady Quinn, probably? Yeah. I mean, you yep. know, a decade and a half. Um, they obviously lose Michael Mayer, but overall, I think according to the, the FPI, uh, Notre Dame has a 95% chance to win this game. So truly, it's it's not – the result's not in doubt here. I do, Trey. I do like your your thought that Notre Dame. I'm sorry, Navy can cover the spread just because one, it's week zero, right? You mentioned traveling overseas. Listen, maybe you have a heavy, an extra heavy full Irish that morning, right? And, and mm-hmm. Notre Dame's just a little sluggish. Maybe maybe they have a little bit too much of that blood sausage, and it's just weighing them down. Um, you never really know what can happen when you when you go overseas like that, right? It's kind of almost like a rivalry game where you kind of throw the expected models out the window. Um, But truly Garrett, I think you're right. I think Notre Dame obviously has to show up to, to play and they need to bring that edge. But I do think this ultimately ends up being more of a, more of a scrimmage for them. Uh, How it was interesting. One of the, one of the prop bets on my bookie, which is uh, who we're using for all of our lines um, for the ledger. I believe the favorite was more points scored in the first half than the second half. I'm actually more inclined to go the other way. I think especially when you're at such a road game for both teams, maybe that first half is a little bit more sluggish. That's what we saw last year in Nebraska Northwestern, right? Where it was a little bit more teams feeling each other out, teams getting play calls, formations, snap counts. And then in the second half, it opened up a little bit more. I'm kind of curious and a little confused by by that betting action, if, if I was to to put some nuggies down on that, I would have gone the other way. That might have more to do with defensive adjustments on Notre Dame side, being able to like shut down whatever Navy comes out with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because, I mean, you get a half to look at what they're doing. They might score some points on you with this new offense. That might be something interesting that you didn't pick up on film, you didn't pick up in the offseason, whatever it is. At, at the same time, they're still pretty elite as a defense. And so going into the half, you know, figuring out what went wrong, if anything went wrong, they should be able to come out and stifle them in the second. And then it's just, can Notre Dame score more points than they did in the first? I mean, uh, I get your point. I think it makes sense that, yeah, they come out maybe a little bit sluggish, but uh, at the same time, you got to think that they've got some scripted stuff for their first drive. They've got some stuff to come out sharp and to to look good. You certainly don't want to look bad if you're Notre Dame in this one, because as we know, they don't play in a conference. And so, eye test is almost their entire way to the playoff. It's just eye test plus resume. And so you can't beat Navy by 10 points, right? If you beat Navy by 10 points, you're already in a lot of voters' minds and a lot of the, the committee's minds, you're probably out. And it's early and it's whatever, but they said, ah, Notre Dame's not that good. Let's go back to the guys in the conferences. So you got to come out here and make a statement quick if you're Notre Dame. I think they'll do so. Well, guys, let's go then from kind of the headliner in week zero uh, to really the other, I think, truly competitive game and a game that a lot of us are going to end up watching on Saturday evening. That's Ohio at San Diego State. The Aztecs are currently two-point favorites in that game. You can find it at 6 p.m. on FS1. First of all, is it not just crazy that this game is on FS1 or, for instance, UMass, New Mexico State is on ESPN and USC sixth-ranked team in the country with a reigning Heisman winner and future number one overall pick is playing in your 
newspaper sports section. They're playing on the Pac-12 network, <laughs> and nobody's going to watch that game. It's just if that's not indicative of the absolute mess that the Pac-12 is in, I, we don't have any football, any mainstream football to watch this weekend, and USC can't even get on a four-letter network. Blows my mind. Yeah, like that that's a microcosm of why they're in the position they're in, right? Like they're number one brand. And who's to say, you know, they wouldn't punish them by relegating them to the Pac-12 network anyways. That might be that something to sense. watch this year uh, if the conference <laughs> has any say about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a microcosm of where they're at as a conference, right? That's why that they've completely fell apart. They fumbled the bag with their biggest brands. And case in point right here, week zero. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, so apologies to Ohio and San Diego State fans if you went, hang on, this is our preview, not USC's preview. (laughs) Uh, You're absolutely right. San Diego State is a mentioned two-point favorite. It's their home opener. It's supposed to be really hot at uh, Snapdragon Stadium. I believe the home opener and the stadium opener last year was well over 100 degrees. You had fans, more fans congregated under the bleachers looking for shade than you did actually watching the football game. Um, (laughs) I wonder if you were going to see some more of that. But I tell you this, if you do congregate under the bleachers, you're going to miss the return of Curtis Rourke. Ohio, the Mac player of the year. Guys, he won that award while he was on the injured list. He tore his ACL in middle in the middle of November on a Tuesday night against Ball State, still ended up winning that award. Um, and Ohio's got a decent offense. They're they're chasing their first Mac championship since 1968. I really like what they can do, I think, on both sides of the football. Um, they've got an incredibly experienced linebacker core. I know they've got to go on the road out west and and play in 110 degrees, but I'm actually on the Bobcats here, uh, and I'm curious to see which way you guys are leaning. I I'm on the Bobcats as well. If you to tease a little bit more of our ledger, all three of us are on not just the Bobcats covering the two point spread, but on the Bobcats money line to win this one outright. And to me, it comes down to the quarterback matchup i think curtis rourke is probably one of if not the best g5 quarterbacks he's going to be a really nice steal for somebody in the draft next year he's going up against a guy in uh jalen maiden who um i think is just more unproven quite frankly so to me it really comes down to that i'm going to put my money on the proven commodity in ohio yeah and and i mean even though they're going on the road they're going on the road to a team who and i've said this in the ledger as well, but they're going on the road to a team who doesn't know what conference they want to play in. And so I don't think that they're really going to um, 
be able to put up much of a fight in this one. They're not focused. They're just not coming into this one focused. It's, of course, a little bit of an off-the-field dig. But at the end of the day, I think Ohio is the better team. I think better teams win these early season games. And so, yeah, I'm going to pick Ohio to win this one and uh, take care of business. It will be interesting to see which which position groups win their battles because both teams have phenomenal linebackers. Uh, I think the quarterback advantage clearly goes to Ohio, but then can San Diego State offset some of that, keep Rourke on the sideline <clears throat> Excuse me, with how they run the football? They've got three offensive uh, line starters back. Um, you know, I think if, if the Aztecs can dictate the pace of play, they certainly have a more natural advantage. Still, though, you look at some of the defense, especially in the secondary and uh, up front, and there's a lot of holes that uh, Brady Hoke is, is trying to plug in. Um, these two teams have only played once before, uh, back in 2018, I think it was, in the Frisco Bowl, and Ohio shut them out. It was a 27-0 win. So not necessarily a, a revenge game, no recent history, um, but it is interesting because San Diego State, before that, was 10-0 and against the MAC Conference, um, or against the MAC, and their only loss is to Ohio. Interesting that all three of us are picking Ohio to double up, be their second loss. Brady Hoax, I think, I think that was his only loss as well um, to a team from the MAC. So we're all on the Bobcats. I'm excited to watch that again Saturday night. That's a six o'clock kick on FS1. All right. So obviously, those are those are two of the kind of prime time games, right? Uh, we, we've got a couple other games on the slate, though. We can talk UTEP, Jacksonville State. That's on CBS Sports Network. UMass at New Mexico State is the ESPN game of the week. Uh, Sicko special, maybe. <laughs> it absolutely is the Sicko's special of the week. Hawaii at Vanderbilt, San Jose State at USC, who's also all, already caught a stray. And then uh, FIU and Louisiana Tech. Um, Garrett, you know, UTEP at Jacksonville State. This is Jacksonville State's first game inside the FBC or the FBS uh, mm-hmm. UTEP's just a one point favorite on the road. Does anything within you just stir for this game? Uh, you know, what, what, what are we expecting other than maybe two, two teams that might not win a lot of games playing each other? I mean, look, what stirs in me for this game is all of our UTEP fans. I know we have a, a decent UTEP fan group and on this channel. So look, I love it. I'm not going to pick against the minors unless I'm really convinced of it. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back on that train. Um, they've got some cool uniforms this year. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville State, it, it, it's their first year up. That's always a tough transition unless your name is James Madison. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that probably this isn't a, a great first season for them. I think UTEP comes in probably as the better team, takes care of business, and, and starts off 1-0. A little nice, nice little way to start your season if you're UTEP. Trey, yeah, are, you, are you surprised it's only – one UTEP minus one. I'm not because Jacksonville State, I think, is such an unknown for most most of the FBS world. They're they're a pretty solid FCS program. It's not mm-hmm. some scrub making the transition, but I like like you said, Garrett. I think that it's you know always very difficult to make that transition, except for a very few select select a select few group of teams uh, that have made it relatively quickly app state james madison your perennial powers so mm-hmm. yeah at one point you know utep's not an fbs powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination too so i think the combination there is kind of you know giving some people and there's always the intangible of you know this is such a big 
moment for Jacksonville State? Will they rise to the occasion from their home fans? I'm leaning towards UTEP on this one too. I think Gavin Hardison, I think, is in like his 10th year of eligibility at UTEP. But, <laughs> uh, you know, really solid quarterback. Zion Webb, I think, is the guy at Jacksonville State. And he seems to be a fun dual threat guy. I have, confess I haven't watched a ton of his game, but uh, lots of running stats are off the charts and the passing stats are leave a little bit to be desired just looking at it from the stat sheet standpoint. So, to me, UTEP is a more complete team right now, and they probably sneak away with a victory here. Trey, let let the the fan who has watched more Jacksonville State football than you cast the first stone. Right, um, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Really, all I have to say there. I, you know, UTEP. Listen, they they jumped on board the Adidas bandwagon. Um, they they did their team photos, their team hype videos in White Sands, New Mexico, which of course is uh, is, is territory of their. <laughs> Their rival, their border rival, New Mexico State. So they've been a fun Twitter follower um, all all off season long. I'm gonna ride with the Miners as well. I want them to be good so badly. I mean, gosh, yeah. it's been fun watching guys like Jacob Cowling go to, to Arizona and, and and ball out. They have some decent players there. Um, I've forgotten the name of the offensive lineman who transferred over to Florida. Florida State. Is that right? I, I feel like it is. Yeah. So they've got some players there. They just haven't been able to put it put it all together there in El Paso. I'm rooting for the Miners for sure. Uh, UMass at New Mexico State. Um, listen, New Mexico State is a six and a half point favorite. Guys, Jerry Kill led them to a bowl game and won the dang thing last year, right? They beat Bowling Green. Um, the Aggies, formerly the doormat of the FBS, they've now bequeathed that title to UMass. Uh, I don't know that this game is particularly close. It I won't lie. There's part of me that's very intrigued to turn this on and watch two teams that I will likely not see much of, if any, the rest of the season. But New Mexico State seems like they're fielding a proper football team there under Jerry Kill. Yeah, they're building something really, really fun and plucky. Um, you know, last year, Diego Pavia comes in as a junior college transfer. And Mitch, you were joking. Me and I were joking before we hit record and you said they've got a pretty decent quarterback. Right. And I said, you know, decent's a kind word for Diego Bobby. He, <laughs> he, he's a fun guy. Like he is yeah. New Mexico through and through. Right. It, it's a really cool story. I think he started at like New Mexico military Institute or something like that. And now he's playing for New Mexico state. So really fun story. Some of our colleagues at the transfer portal CFP really like Diego. Um, and he's a guy that just kind of balls out. Like he, he just kind of chucks it up in the air, runs around a little bit. And he's like a really, really poor man's Johnny football sometimes out there. So yeah, really fun to watch. I think New Mexico state is definitely the more complete team. Um, and that's what I'm looking for. If, if you haven't picked up on that thread so far yet with me talking this early season, who's the more complete team right now, they're typically going to be able to take care of business in these ball games. And I think New Mexico state, Far, far, far and away, the more complete team than UMass right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot more. That was a good job with that one, Trey. I, I think the only thing I can really add is the last time UMass went down and played the Aggies, it was a little more competitive than the Aggies thought it would be. So, um, you know, <laughs> anything can happen when UMass plays the Aggies, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to see a way that New Mexico State loses this game. Just They're just the better team right now. Yeah, Garrett, that that – Post game write up came from from College Station, not not from not Las, Las Cruces. Cruces. Right, right, oh, right. Okay, <laughs> that's okay, that's yeah. your error there. Of course, different Aggies, different Aggies. Yeah, of course. Okay. This, if this post game in Las 
if you find yourself at this game for some reason, I don't know why, but <laughs> you can get a green chili Whataburger at the Whataburger in Las Cruces. And that is a delicacy that is very hard to find um, in this part of the, the world. So anytime that you can get that, you should get that. It is it is hatch green chili season right now yes, in the month of August. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, does all your queso right now have hatch green chilies in it? Uh, definitely yeah oh yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah, whenever, whenever i go to the grocery store i actually for whatever reason i don't love hatch green chilies i have to hunt right now to not find either guacamole or salsa or queso that doesn't have it in so this is the season of tray uh for sure <laughs> i side um, note i had a lovely i'm gonna just interject this here i apologize no, go for it food talk <laughs> Um, I had a lovely hatch green chili breakfast scramble last Saturday that was is still on my mind with some poached <laughs> eggs and barbacoa. It was fantastic. So shout out Lupe Tortilla. <laughs> gonna say, uh, need to need to talk to them about a sponsor. Not, not a sponsor should be <laughs> the way you're blushing about that breakfast. Um, guys, uh, a team that boy, I. I hope their breakfast tastes better the next day. Hawaii at <laughs> Vanderbilt. Uh, listen, Trey, you mentioned 70, 73 put up on the island last year when Vandy just torched uh, the Rainbow Warriors. I'm not really sure that we can expect anything different this year. The line is at 17 and a half. Uh, that is a 630 kick on SEC Network if you hate yourself and want to watch this game. Uh, listen, Timmy Chang is, is trying to turn it around at Hawaii. There's just not a lot of talent on that team. And I think a rebuild at Hawaii is going to take, you know, three, four, five years before we really start to see real returns. At least that's my best guess. Vanderbilt's the AJ Swan show. Um, and, and listen, more than, you know, what is this game have in store for Vandy? It's the beginning of a a stretch where Vandy has to make their hay. If they're going to make a bowl game, they have to come out. They have to get the wheels turn in, grease the skids. Um, Hawaii, Alabama, A&M at wake at UNLV. And then into Kentucky guys, if they're going to make a bowl game this year, they have got to be four and going into that game against the wildcats. And obviously it would start against the rainbow Warriors. Yeah. I think they're over unders at like three and a half for wins on the season. So four and oh, I, I, I didn't think we would say the words if Vandy's going to make a bowl game on this podcast ever, but here we are. Um, and they got to worry about finishing their stadium. I don't know if that's completed yet or not. I know that there oh, were like, no, it's not like a couple days ago as last I saw, they didn't have like end zones. So uh, look, finish your stadium and then we can talk about traveling for a bowl game. Um, <laughs> they should win this game, obviously. I mean, Hawaii's not a very good team, so they should win this one. They should start fine. I did pick the under on the 55 and a half. I just think these are two pretty bad football teams who I think you could expect a lot of sloppy play. I know they scored a bunch of points last year, but I'm going to expect some sloppy play and a regression towards the mean on this one while they, while they just kind of Play, play a football game. They're going to play a football game. And like Trey's little header says, all football is good football. Yes, so sir. I guess we can count this one too. We're kind of slandering Vandy a little bit here, guys. They won what five say? I, I disagree. They won five games last year. And I, okay. look, I, I know that not all those were pretty. And I know that down the stretch, they had some really ugly moments. I'm thinking of the Tennessee game specifically, but AJ Swan seems kind of fun. I'm excited to see him on the field again. I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't know that I was really trying hard in the lead up to the SEC preview to see if I could get Vandy to a bowl game. And I did come just short, but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see what Vandy can put on the field this year. Definitely, definitely. I mean, Vandy's been recruiting well. Listen, Clark Lee got a lot of flack for saying that Vandy's going to be the best team in the country last year at SEC Media Days. Probably shouldn't have said that. But, hey, the sentiment is is true. There's no – they don't see any sort of excuse. They're not making excuses for why Vandy wins three, four, you know, five games and misses a bowl game. The goal there is to win football games, to compete in the SEC East, and to make the postseason. And I can respect that. And you know what? You know, Vandy has been – the, the whipping boy for a little bit in the SEC, right? Everyone loves to make fun of the doors, um, at least their football team. They're recruiting at a fairly fairly decent level, right? Uh, you know, top top 50 class. Clark Lee has got a four-star in Marshall Height coming in um, to, to play cornerback for them. So, you know, they're selling that vision. They're steadily improving. I just, I, they're not there yet. I think it's going to take a couple of seasons of steady improvement outside of just the win-loss column, right? Improvement doesn't have to be linear for Vandy to get better, um, but I do think they get a proof-of-concept game here against uh, against the Rainbow Warriors. I, I kind of think there's no reason for me to believe that it can't be the same as it was last year and Vandy covered the spread on their own. Um but I can also see it being an ugly week zero game that nobody knows what the heck they're doing. And, you know, the game plan is as composed as their North end zone. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that ends up shaking out, but I'm staying away from that game as far as over under, I, I don't know how many points are going to be scored in that. I do. I do feel really confident though, um, that the Vanderbilt's going to win that game. Uh, two other games very quickly, San Jose state at number six, USC again, on the Pac-12 network, if you get it, congrats. Uh, you can tune in and watch Caleb Williams chuck it around for a first half of football and watch from the sidelines without his pads. In the second half, I'll, I'll just ask you guys both this. Trey, what is what is USC looking for in week one against a very overmatched San Jose State Spartans team? Defensive consistency. I, I think they want to see the blueprint against an overmatched opponent to see you know, hey, we're not even even if our twos are out there, we're not giving up 70, 80 yard touchdown drives against an overmatched opponent, right? We maybe we give up some points if the offense has an oopsie and turns the ball over. Maybe we give up a few points or on a big play here or there, but consistently we're shutting down, we're doing what we're supposed to do. And that defensive front is really shutting down the run game against an overmatched opponent. That's what I'm looking for if I'm USC. Yeah, I think if I'm doing this, I'm looking for more of a prove to us that the offense is still humming. Right, we don't have any reason to believe it won't, but just come out here and just torch them, right? Put up 50, 60 points on them, and and then we go from there. So I, I think that's just kind of what you're looking for if you're if you're USC in this game. See if you can keep it humming, right? The, the Caleb Williams Heisman tour has to continue, right? Do it again, right? Do the repeat, and, and and really start off with a good statement on the front end of the season. It's a weird start time out west. It's a 5 p.m. kick on the West Coast. And normally you'd say, well, it's the TV schedule, but it's not the TV schedule. Yeah. They could have started whenever they wanted on the back. They could, they could have started at 8 a.m. Uh, for, for all anybody cared. Um, but yeah, bizarre. I think it's probably a lead into like UCLA women's soccer or something. That's probably the scheduling that they lined They're up. Probably going to have similar ratings no matter when you put it to. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> yeah, well, what? <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, USC, <laughs> you're going to get your season rolling. Congrats. We'll, we'll hopefully get to see you on network TV um, next week. FIU at Louisiana Tech is the last game. I'm actually kind of excited about this one, not necessarily because of what I know about Florida International, but more because of what I know about Louisiana Tech. Guys, we're proud SMU season ticket holders on this this show uh, and will be in attendance, at least that's the plan, in week one when the Ponies host Sonny Cumbie and the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. So we get to watch a little appetizer, as do... Brett Lashley and the Ponies. Uh, don't worry about Louisiana Tech's defense because they're not going to play a lot of it this season. Um, they are <laughs> talent deficient on the defensive side of the ball, to say it nicely, but we talk about half teams, and this could be a really fun half team. They're an 11-point favorite at home over the Panthers, 8 p.m. on CBS uh, SN. And... Hank Bachmeyer's transferred in from Boise State after he lost the job middle of last season on the blue turf. They, they're missing Marquise Crosby. He's out for the Week 0 game, I think, with a lower body injury. Um, I'm not sure if that had been confirmed yet when I saw that, that report, but they are missing their starting running back. It might not matter, though, because Bachmeyer can slang the rock, and he's got Smoke Harris, DeColdis Crawford, the Nebraska transfer, Cyrus Allen, who averaged 23 yards per catch last season, and Kyle Maxwell, who's their deep threat. I think the Bulldogs might throw it 70 times uh, against the Panthers, and I can't wait to see how many times they hit. Like I said, there's going to be no defense played in this, I don't think, but, boy, if you like shootouts, you might get it here for the nightcap. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it best right there. It's going to be two offenses that are seeing who can have the ball last. I do – where do you guys lean on the spread on this one? I, I think, you know, maybe lean a little bit towards La Tech at home, but the shootout nature makes me tempted to maybe lay the points with uh, with FIU here. Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on what happens with the the – how quickly Louisiana Tech's offense can click. Right, you got some transfers coming in, so that's not always the easiest thing to transition. But you know, if it fits together, they certainly have talent to go up more than eleven. So I, I think I'd probably pick over in the idea that they come out maybe a little stale, but second half they pick it up and, and take care of business. I think I'm inclined to lay the points as well. If I was throwing nuggies on this, which I did not for our ledger segment, but yeah, the the nature, the lack of any sort of ability to stop FIU um, if they get on a roll yeah one score game wouldn't shock me it's just it's so tough right when you have a week zero game two teams that are rebuilding feeling it out new stabs it's tough uh, to to put any any nuggies on this um, but I think I think I would lean towards giving FIU the points here yeah the only thing keeping me from that is uh, their quarterback James uh, Grayson James excuse me really liked to throw interceptions last year. He he really enjoyed that in his first year as a full-time starter. So hopefully he's gotten rid of that turnover bug. Yeah, that was a learning opportunity, right? Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, on, we're, on to, we're on to week one of 2023. Uh, that is our week zero preview. Obviously, uh, going forward, they'll be a lot more full when we have more than, what, six games on the slate, or seven games on the slate. Um, but we're really excited. Football is back. Trey's Texted it best. All football is good football, and uh, we're excited to have it back. To wrap up this show, 
we each are bringing back the uh, Darlings rendition of, of the 2023 season. Um, and we've each picked two teams this year. Last year, uh, do you guys remember who your, your Darling picks were? Because we did three last uh-huh. year. We're trimming it down to two this year. And I know Garrett remembers uh, the Duke pick that was obviously the most successful of the season. Trey. You, you say that. Kansas State was my middle pick. They won their conference. Oh, that's true. That's Garrett true. dominated yeah. last year. And so Garrett did Utah. Really. Utah won that too. They didn't get where I thought they'd go, but Utah yeah. did win their conference. So Yeah. Garrett Garrett dominated the Darling game. Uh, Trey, you were on Washington State, Texas Tech, and I've forgotten who your third team was. I think you were on Texas Tech. I was on Minnesota. Oh, my bad. Yes. I was on yes, Minnesota really big. And my third Still team was... Still rowing the boat. Uh, my, my third team was another Texas team that we will uh, not not mention <clears throat> because of how their season <laughs> finished last year. Because um, they did not get to their over-under. Uh, anyway, They did not popular... get to a bowl game. If you can't figure out who I'm talking about, um, look it up. <laughs> yeah, they, they, wear, they wear maroon and white. Um, so it was a popular segment last year. We brought it back. We're just going to do two two teams this year, easier to keep track of, and I think a little bit more succinct um, in our explanation. So Garrett, you you dominated last year. Uh, take me to your two darlings. Who do you have exceeding the over-unders and maybe going on to a conference championship game, maybe going on to threaten uh, you know, for, for all kinds of accolades? Well, so my two darlings, they both have a current over-under at 7.5, and, and I think there's going to be no issue meeting those. These two teams could actually meet up in their conference championship game. This won't happen. They will not meet up in their conference championship game. It could. <laughs> it, there's a theoretical possibility, day zero of the season. It could happen. It won't happen. I'm telling you that right now. It's not going to happen. I'm talking about Maryland and Iowa. Okay, so if you listen to our previews, you know that I am high on the Maryland Terrapins. I'm very high on Talia Tagovailoa and what he can do. Um, I I think he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now as we go into the season. That might change as, you know, other quarterbacks end up, you know, playing more games, getting more reps. But as we go into the season, I think he's the best quarterback currently in the Big Ten. They have a surprisingly good run game with Roman Hemby leading the way. I think he's kind of a a under-the-radar star that could be looking to break out. And they got some really good options in the receiving game as well. I'm thinking Chamber is the transfer that uh, came in. He's a real dynamic player. Uh, he's going to be fantastic for them as well. And, and a surprisingly good, I think, defense, not necessarily an elite unit, but I think they can finish kind of middle of the pack against some really good Big Ten offenses. If they can do that, I, I currently – I projected them at 10 wins. They're, they're going to knock off one of Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. Uh, you, you can take that one to the bank. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick Maryland for seven and a half. And then Iowa as well, seven and a half wins. I- I've been uh, maybe a little bit harder on Iowa in the past. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, I love what they're doing. They've got one of the best defenses in the country. That shouldn't change. And look, when your offensive coordinator is being threatened by a point number, um, you have to think he hits it, right? You have to think that some way they're going to find a way. When you have an experienced quarterback like Cade McNamara, you should be all right, too. So I'm, I'm thinking experience at quarterback should make some good decisions, should at least be able to deliver an accurate ball every now and then. Um, give me Iowa to beat the 7.5 as well. Those are my two darlings. I'm going to rock out in the Big Ten this year. All right. I'll jump in here with mine uh, as we keep it going. I've got a, a seven and a half and I've got a six and a half. And if you are a fan of the show, you're not going to be surprised by either of these. Uh, first up, let's go with the Texas tech red Raiders over hundred at seven and a half. 
I am really, really excited about what's going to go down on the planes this year. I think, guys, Tyler Shuck is really slept on as a quarterback in this conference. I think the more and more I look at just how much of his season last year was affected by health and when he was healthy, what he was able to do on the field, he, you know, that stretch run last year, their four game win streak, he was finally on the field and finally fully healthy. And they took care of business beating Kansas, Iowa state, Oklahoma and Ole Miss in the bowl game. And a couple of those, like they weren't struggling to put up points in any of those uh, contests. So, I am, uh, you know, really excited to see. I feel like Joey Mack is quietly very confident about his defense this year, uh, even after losing Tyree Wilson. So that makes me really, really excited to see what he can put on the field there this fall. And we know the offense is going to be electric, right? We know they're going to put up a bunch of points. If the defense can just take a small step forward and Tyler Shuck can stay healthy, guys, they're not only going to smash this seven and a half over under. I think that game on Black Friday in Austin is going to be for a spot in Arlington. Um, I think that that's how the season is going to play out in the big 12 over on the Atlantic coast. I'm taking a page from Garrett's book last year because it works so well. I'm going with the Duke blue devils. Um, Oh yeah. Somehow some way with everything that they proved last year with a fantastic coach in Mike Elko with a fantastic quarterback in Riley Leonard and a defense that I think is going to step up and improve this year. They have a six and a half Vegas over under. So I don't know if Vegas just already has the script for this year and Duke is just going to have a rash of injuries and they're going to take everybody's money with this. But this just seems like a screaming, screaming take to me. Duke's going to threaten for the conference title. I don't think they'll be anywhere near scratching for bowl eligibility this year in year two under Mike Elko. I, I like it. That line... Honestly, the line for both of those teams kind of smells a little funny. Um, it's it's certainly made me scratch my head. I was going to take Texas Tech and then realize, well, like one of you guys take it, you haven't going to Arlington, right? Uh, for for a spot in the Big Twelve uh, championship game, I did not. So I love the Texas Tech pick. I also think Duke. You know, we we've got listen teammates Liam from Transfer Portal and No Context College Football. He's picking Duke to make the ACC championship game. Um, so a lot of folks are high on the Blue Devils. I think Garrett did too. Garrett I said the same, yeah. Them. I got yeah. Duke in the championship game against yeah. Florida State. Yeah, so, you know, Duke at six, six and a half. Uh, doesn't, doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So I, I love that pick. Uh, I am going to go with uh, two two teams that I'm not quite as high on as you guys are, might be, or might be on, you know, Iowa or Tech or Duke. I still think these teams can smash the over on their win total. Give me Kentucky and Oklahoma State. Both of these teams should have really electric offenses. For Kentucky, Devin Leary transfers in from NC State. They get their offensive coordinator back from uh, from the Rams. So the offensive power, well, yeah, the power from the offense should come through an electric passing game. The running game should be fine as well. What I'm concerned about is the offensive line, and I think – the offense just combined with a or offensive line combined with a tough schedule is certainly reason to be a little hesitant with Kentucky. But if you're lower on if you're lower on South Carolina, like I am, if you think that Tennessee is not bulletproof, that Joe Milton is not necessarily going to waltz in and win eleven games, then someone's got to fill that vacuum, right? Between Georgia and the second or third spot. And you're starting to see Kentucky get a lot of those picks. 
I love what the defense I think is going to field. Um, and, and I think the offense is going to be a ton of fun. They always have a, a strong defense under Mark Stoops, right? So even if that is just average Kentucky defense, you give me Devin Leary putting up 35, 40 points a game, and Kentucky is going to be really, really hard to knock off. I think six and a half is a little low uh, for the Wildcats. With Oklahoma State, much of the same, right? If Alan Bowman can be freshman Alan Bowman than he was in 2018 at Texas Tech, Oklahoma State is going to be a player for a trip to Arlington. Now, if he's not healthy, Oklahoma State may struggle to make a bowl game. But I'm going to choose to believe optimistically that Oklahoma State is talented enough and they're explosive enough to not only win six and a half games, six, seven games, uh, but but cruise by that comfortably. I think I have them more in the eight to nine range. Um, so six and a half, far too low for me on the pokes. Give me give me the Wildcats. Give me Oklahoma State uh, to wrap out my ledger picks. We'll obviously be watching how all of these teams do. Please comment. Let us know who your um, and I said ledger our darling picks. Let us know who your darlings are for the 2023 season. Why you've got them far exceeding what uh, what Vegas is predicting. Guys, plain and simple, week zero is here. We get real football on our TVs, and we are so excited to watch. Follow along on Instagram, on Twitter, on threads uh, for you know conversation, for updates, for breaking news. Um, you can find us at 3TechPod. You can also follow us on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. If you uh, are watching us on video, like so many of you do, you can find the audio versions of this, obviously, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. But uh Week Zero is here. Talking season's over. We're really, really pumped about it. For Trey Reeves and Garrett Turney, I'm Mitch Mason. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Until next time, so long, everybody. Gracious, yeah. how about that?